1: Are we winning the battle against inflation? It slowed down to 7.6% in July. 7.6% is apparently good news, because in June, inflation hit a 40-year high of 8.1%. Now, this marks the first decline in the key inflation rate since June of 2020, So the drop in this case, though, was driven by a decline in gas prices, but the cost of food keeps going up. Prices rose at the fastest pace since August 1981. That was a long time ago, and they are up just shy of 10% year over year. Last month, they were only up just shy of 9.5%. So are we really on the right path out of this? And what should we do? Interest rates have risen a lot and they are still rising. The numbers to call 416-360-0740, toll free one 866 740 I would like to hear from you about how this is all impacting your family budget. And now I'm joined by Moshe Lander, Senior Lecturer of Economics at Concordia University in Montreal. Hello there, Moshe. Thanks for joining us. Hello. So uh, we saw a little drop in inflation. Uh, Is this really good news?
2: Uh, Well, I'm going to be the rare economist that sees things optimistically, and I'm going to say yes, this is good news. I I think that uh, hopefully it's a sign that we've passed the high inflation number, and things are going to slowly ease their way back down to 2% in the next 12 to 18 months.
1: To 2%, that's a pretty big drop.
2: Yeah, so let's not say that it's going to happen overnight, right? It's 12 to 18 months. So, you know, if you imagine that the number went from 8.1 to 7.5, if you extrapolate that out, you're still talking about a very long time, right, before it's going to come down to 2%. But 2% 2% is the Bank of Canada's mandate. That's what they're supposed to keep it at. Uh, and they do have a lot of interest rate, increased power if they need it to, to make that happen. So uh, we will see it. Just got to give it time.
1: Well, this happened because of a drop in gas prices. Very welcome. But the other things in this index went up and and mostly i'm looking at food you, you don't have a choice about buying food and uh, those prices are galloping and they're galloping now in the summer when presumably we have we don't have to truck in as much stuff as we usually do
2: you're right. Uh, food did jump substantially. Rent is another one that's rising pretty quickly, too. Uh, but, you know, food uh, prices take also some time, right? So um, even if you're buying local, it takes some time for, say, the easing of gas prices to show up in transportation costs of getting that food onto the, the local market shelf. So, um, you know, the, the same way that we would have been talking a couple of months ago, about the way that gas prices are rising out of control, and that they had doubled within 12 months, the fact is, that at some point, it does turn the corner, and when it turns that corner, uh, things can moderate uh, relatively smoothly and easily back down to the way they used to be. It, we're, we're not going to avoid the occasional blips here and there along the way, but um, you know, I, I am optimistic that this might be the, the peak end for for the food prices too. Next month, we might be talking about how they only increased 9% year over year. (laughs) Uh,
1: Do you think that the Bank of Canada sort of nipped this in the bud? Did they move quickly enough or did they fail to see this coming?
2: Um, I'll say that they didn't move quickly enough, but they did see some of this coming. Um, The Bank of Canada had a really difficult uh, decision to make. If they moved to increase interest rates uh, maybe a year ago, the economy wasn't ready for it. And so I guess the, the bad analogy that I could give you is, you know, when you bring a, a sick patient uh, into the emergency room, you don't necessarily do uh, what is long-term best for them. You do what is short-term best for them. You try and stabilize them, get them through the night, make sure they're going to live. Then you start making sure that they're doing the long-term best strategies. Same sort of thing with the economy. When it starts to flatline uh, at the worst of the, the waves of COVID that we saw over the last couple of years, Bank of Canada didn't really have a lot of time or uh, interest, no pun intended, in asking the difficult questions. It was just do what you need to to make sure the economy doesn't die. And now what they're doing is taking corrective action. Uh, The problem is that along the way, they let inflation slip a little bit uh, too far too fast. uh, And now they're having to make
3: up for it.
1: Okay, I'm going to take a call from Sita in Mississauga. Hi, Sita.
3: Hi, Libby. Hi, thank you so much. Um, We were in the grocery store And a father was shopping with his two daughters. And the children wanted a candy. And the father said, No, I can't afford that. So by the time he cashed out without the candy, he was short seven cents. And he said to the cashier, Well, the cashier wouldn't give him the grocery. So he said he will go to the vehicle and look for change. And I said to my husband, You know what? We were paid $0.07, cents and we would get the girls some the candy. And I said to the kids, when your father said no, it's no, because it's embarrassing and it's hard to go shopping, and you, you can't buy what you, what you want or need, what you need. Are
1: you finding it uh, difficult to get your groceries done?
3: Well, yeah, we shop what's on sale. We picked up what's on sale and use what's on sale. We don't go and buy ex- something that's not on sale. And we stock up as much as we can, we freeze as much as we can, and that's what we get by. Okay, Sita, thanks
1: for that. I think a lot of people are using those strategies. And interesting, I just saw a release from the NDP, and uh, they are accusing uh, companies of gouging, of raising prices more than they have to because of their own increases that they're facing. Uh, Moshe, do you have any sense of uh, whether that's actually taking place and taking place on a, uh, on a big scale? No,
2: I, I don't think that's happening. I think that's a very smooth political move by the NDP to make that accusation. Um, and, and without anything to back it up, it's an easy accusation to make. But, you know, the reality is that there's enough competition out there in, uh, the grocery, uh, aisles that if, if you even thought for a moment that one grocery store were trying to price gouge, the others would immediately jump upon that and, you know, have their own sort of discounts or sales or undercut, or we'll match our competitors' prices and steal that business in a heartbeat. So, uh, I, I'm not going to to go so far as to say there's price gouging. And if if somebody wanted to come back and even say then they're colluding, I mean that's against the law, and <laughs> that's that, that's one step too far. That I think uh, you know grocery stores are, are are not employing as a strategy to uh, to take advantage of Canadians.
1: I want to talk about wages. So a lot of contracts are coming due. We're in the midst of big inflation. Hourly wages rose 5.2% in July compared with a year ago. And if you look at the kind of asks that are being made uh, and compared to the inflation rate, it looks like, uh, you know, employers are going to have to pay their people more.
2: They are. Um, you know, it's a, it's a difficult decision now for employers and it's a difficult situation for the Canadian economy because if you do pay workers more, even just to keep pace with inflation, we're seeing these inflation numbers right now that are built on the back of not increasing wages uh, 7-8%. If workers now start succeeding in getting those 7-8% just to keep their purchasing power steady, that itself becomes inflationary because you're going to have no choice as an employer but to pass some of those higher costs onto your customers, and that hasn't been happening now. So it just means then that if workers try to get what they feel they deserve, rightly or wrongly, um, the Bank of Canada is going to now have to contend with that as a factor in deciding how far to increase interest rates. It could just mean that they're going to have to increase them even further. So it could be a bit of an own goal uh, if workers succeed with this.
1: Well, uh, I mean, does that, uh, you know, pour any water on your prediction that that inflation is going to ease? Because on top of everything, there's a labour shortage. I mean, it's a a seller's market there.
2: It it is. Um, The thing is that the Bank of Canada has unlimited scope to increase interest rates. So I'm not going to necessarily change my position there. Uh, It just means that if the Bank of Canada is saying, all right, in the current work place environment, we think we can go with maybe one extra percentage point increase, and that should help us ease our way back down to two. If workers succeed, uh, then the bank of Canada might say, all right, we now need to increase interest rates by two full percentage points to get to that 2%. They will succeed, and and their timeline of 12 to 18 months seems a, a pretty reasonable one in the absence of any surprises. It's just going to be uh, how uh, accepting are we of that, and how much do we try ourselves to take advantage of the current situation uh, to get what we want as well. Uh, the, the Bank of Canada is merciless and they have no compassion when it comes to bringing inflation to their mandated number. So they'll do what they have to.
1: And uh, do you have any kind of prediction on where we will see those average wage wage takes going?
2: I think that wage hikes probably have a little bit further to go in terms of increasing because, like you said, there are contracts that come due usually you know, once every year, once every couple of years, and we haven't seen inflation increase for the last 12 months. So uh, you know, there, there's a, still a good portion of the Canadian workforce that has yet to get in their uh, wage demand requests. But I think that a lot of that's going to work its way out of the economy in the next six months, especially if those higher interest rates, when they start to bite, slow down the economy, and workers realize – You can ask for more money, but you could also be jeopardizing your job if there's a slowdown coming.
1: Mm -hmm. Well, it's one of those anomalies, though. We keep being told there's a slowdown coming, but there's still a labor shortage. Yeah, uh, the the
2: labor shortage itself is is a little bit of a a, a weird idea, too, right? We do have employment numbers at high uh, levels, higher than pre-COVID. Unemployment is near record lows. Uh, but the fact is that the the nature of the jobs has changed substantially, right, where you have people that are working on part-time contracts as opposed to full-time jobs, uh, or where you have people that even have full-time jobs but not in the industries that they want, and, you know, the great resignation that's kind of uh, triggering behind that, uh, there is, you're right, it's a seller's market, but at some point then, uh, you're going to have employers come back on workers and say, listen, this is the reality uh, and we're going to just start closing rather than trying to deal with that labor shortage. We'll eliminate the shortage by stop asking for more workers uh, and just changing the ways that we operate. Hmm.
1: Interesting. Anything you want to leave us with on this?
2: Uh, I have a feeling we'll talk again because uh, Bank of Canada is coming up in a couple of weeks, and so they're going to have an interesting decision about what to do with interest rates, and then the inflation numbers will come out shortly after that. So uh, I'm sure we'll talk soon.
1: <laughs> okay. Thank you for that, Moshe Lander.
0: Anytime.
1: Okay, uh, that is all the time we have for today.
0: You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio, heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio, heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio.